It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined on this Monday morning after the NFL Scouting Combine by Pat Corain. Um, you know, I, I a lot of guys moved. I don't think very many guys... My my guess is more guys cost themselves money this weekend as opposed to making themselves money. I think the the clear winner, I mean, it's Anthony Richardson, right? Anthony Richardson went from maybe a top 15 pick, you know, ish. You could have seen a Malik Willis thing where he went to, to day three or whatever. I mean, I think less likely. But now some GM is pushing all their chips to the center of the table for Anthony Richardson. Someone's doing it. I don't know who, but someone's doing it. For sure. Yeah, I think Anthony Richardson kind of jumped Levis as like the guy you're drafting for the tools. Yes. Like if you're if you're gonna draft Levis for the tools, why aren't you drafting Anthony Richardson, who actually like has those tools? Like I'm, my thing with Levis is like, does he have the tools you're talking about? Like I know he's got a big arm, but like Yeah, he's huge. He's more like a Daniel Jones to me than a you know, I don't I don't he didn't have like a ton of big time deep throws, which is one thing I look at. That's something Richardson excelled in. Um, I think he might there's like a little I think Levis is pretty risky. I actually think in a weird way he's riskier than Richardson because Richardson at least is definitely going to add with his legs. Like he, when you watch him run, it looks like I legit thought I had YouTube on 1.25 X on one of his runs. And cause occasionally I'll do that for like podcasts and stuff. No, it, it's, he's just that fast. So I think, you know, you have that rushing floor with him. Levis doesn't give you that. And as we we're talking before uh, we recorded, Richardson's one of the few guys in the entire crop of rookies who is willing to do every test because he's that much of an athletic freak yeah i mean this is the the issue with the way the nfl i mean it's i guess it's probably better for tv and better to get people to watch it is to have all the positional groups grow at once so you're like all right you know all the skill position guys are going on saturday then all the running backs are going on sunday and i'll just you know turn on uh the nfl network for two hours on a saturday but it does mean that very few guys are doing all the drills, um, which sucks, right? Especially because the 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 we're getting some guys skipping positional stuff that we used to love to have, like the agility stuff for mm-hmm. the running backs was, I mean, that was like one of the things, you know, people always, people are always doing this thing, which everyone knows is not true and is disingenuous and saying the combine doesn't matter and this stuff isn't predictive. It's just that it feeds in so much to draft capital that, it you're you're better off just filtering for draft and it's also noisy it's it's not like any any running back who has a really good three cone plus short shuttle is like definitely going to be a good pass catcher but it is it's one of those things like Le'Veon bell had a surprise was surprisingly agile 
Totally. And then, you know, he wasn't that good as a rookie, but he like lost 20 pounds from his rookie to, to second year. And then all of a sudden that agility was like, I mean, it was still there and, and it was even better. So it was like a little window into that upside that maybe would have been lost if you just viewed him as like a power back coming out of Michigan State, which is kind of, I mean, he was like 240 there. So um, it's like stuff like that, stuff where, you know, you can kind of get a sense of maybe the range of outcomes is a little different than what you were thinking. Or like, you're like, this guy's going to be really great at pass catching. And he has a super bad three cone. That's a definitely a red flag. So, but I think that the prospects, I think they feel like they have more to lose with the agility stuff, or maybe they're not, they're not training as much for it, but they're just like not two running backs did it this year too. It was, it's really, it's a bummer. It is a bummer. And then on the contrary, the wide receivers go the other way. The wide receivers are all saying, I'm not doing the 40. Why, why would I run? Why would I, why would I run a four five 40 when I can just smoke these agility drills? Because that's kind of the way the NFL has gone, right? You know, it used to be, we used to be Quentin Johnston used to be the guy you want, right? 215, 62, fast. That used to be the prototype. Now the prototype is the other way. The prototype's like 190 pounds, six feet tall, super quick, short agility, but we don't care. I mean, obviously like speed, really like Tyquan Thornton went from being an undrafted free agent to a second round pick last year with his 40. And there were a couple guys who helped themselves out with the 40, but I, I've seen Jackson Smith and Jigba on like winners list, like winners and losers of the combine types list. But I mean, we were talking about this a year ago, Pat, like he's not the most athletic guy. And that is like, if his ceiling is Keenan Allen, how much do we like really love that for our purposes for fantasy? I guess my, my thing is like, I do, we've, we've gotten ourselves into trouble two consecutive times, I think is a market, you know, individual um, analysts, may, you know, mileage may vary on this, but you're, uh, as a general market, I think we've gotten ourselves into trouble with Justin Jefferson and with Garrett Wilson going, he's safe, but he doesn't have the ceiling. If he's a first round NFL draft pick and you feel like he's going to hit, I think by definition, he has a ceiling. And to me with Jackson Smith and Jigba, even if he plays out of the slot, he seems like the type of guy, like a Juju, like a Aminara St. Brown, uh, like a Keenan Allen, where like, he's not leaving the field a lot. So it's not like, I think the thing with slot receivers that's really a bummer is like they'll play 75% of the snaps um, or run 75% of the routes, more importantly. With like Juju, we saw him at 90% plus when he was with the Steelers. So that's, I think, the big thing is like, is he actually going to be out there all the time? I think he, if he has the first round draft capital and he's really good, he'll be out there all the time. So I guess I wouldn't say like, I'm just careful with, I, I want to be more careful with just saying like, well, his ceiling's definitely this because you know, he was very, very good in college. And I think he was a winner coming out of the combine because he absolutely crushed the agility stuff, which is what, you know, is going to be his calling card. So you want to see him be elite in that regard, because that's how he's right. going to win. And then a lot of the evaluators are saying, you know, he was smoother in person than I was listening to move the sticks after. And they're talking, oh, he's, you know, man, he was really smooth. You know, he, just a natural. I mean, his, ga his gauntlet. I mean, that's really inside the weeds, but his doing the gauntlet is it does, it kind of looks like he's doing like him and Quentin Johnston could not have like any less overlap in skills basically. Right. And that's like, I guess now you were saying before the show, like maybe he ran, he was running a four, eight was a, was well, a there's, so there's or something. This, 
that would bother this, me. There's this anonymous tweet uh, from at the tone setters, a nerd free football haven. According to it, and I I mean, this could literally just be made up, right? But it says basically anonymous scout, yada, yada. Uh, after a few practice runs that clocked in the mid four eights, JSN said he's opting out. Now, this could this could literally just be fake, like like dumb shit going around the internet. I think four eight seems insane. But that seems crazy given what he did in the agilities. I mean, you can't run that fast side to side and then not be able to move your legs like normal. But I think I think probably is it's like he probably would run like a four or five at his that's height, fine. His height and weight. Yeah, I mean it is, but like Jordan Addison is 173 pounds and ran a four or five, and I'm like, I don't want any part of this dude. Yeah, but I feel like it's a different play. Like you're like Addison's supposed to be able to be kind of more of like a traditional he's undersized but more of a traditional kind of receiver right like he's going to be challenging downfield like kind of a z right where jackson smith and jig was probably primarily a slot i don't care if he runs a four or five i would care if he ran a four six five that would bug me sure so but i so think the, like anything four six or lower i'm i'm not gonna sweat it so the top of the, of rookie drafts now Bijan one you go anthony richardson over bryce young i think i do I don't think so right now. And I especially would say like, you know, we did, I don't think that the Anthony Richardson to Malik Willis comps at this point are at all, at all fair. And maybe people aren't going to make them now, but I would say Willis did teach us that, you know, that draft capital is pretty important. And Bryce Young, Bryce Young's gonna get the draft capital. It's possible that Richardson's drafted ahead, but it would be like by a pick or two picks. It wouldn't be by like 20 picks. So, you know, they're like Richardson, I think his chances of falling outside the top 10 now are pretty low, but he does. He's the guy that could, right? I actually, I don't think that's your concern. I don't think your concern is him falling. I think your concern is the Trey Lance where it, he just shows up and he can't execute the offense that his coach wants him well, to. Well, sure. And sure. they and they look at him and they're like, "Yeah, we tried. It's just not happening." And we're gonna go with Brock Purdy instead of you. That's definitely a risk. But I think you know Trey Lance was worth quite a bit after, uh, even heading into this season. You know he was worth quite a what, bit. What 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 could you get for Trey Lance? Right, like let's so so I actually just tweeted this, but it's March sixth. The NFL season starts in 185 days. Brock Purdy has still not had his reconstructive surgery. And in fact, it just got pushed back again. It was supposed to be this week. It's pushed back to next week. I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't know why, but what do you think you could get for Trey Lance right now? Well, I don't know that that's a highly relevant question because you're crazy if you trade him right now, because everything is pointing towards he is 100% starting. uh, And he's going to, he's going to, you're going to get the training camp. You're going to get the, the stuff of you know what he looks so much better than last year's accuracy man he's zipping the ball all that stuff and who knows you know it's all going to be fluff probably but you still want to get that so i think by august you're getting like a super flex one for him so trade him then well i mean you know you know the the interesting thing is that this this draft class the 2023 class it was supposed to be like oh my god trade get your 2023 first round picks they're going to be worth their weight in gold I, I got to, I mean, and this is true every time, right? It's like, oh, wait till next year's class. Next year's class is going to be amazing. But it it looks like 
uh, to use the the parlance of the kids. This looks like a pretty mid class, right? So we got feels like it to me. We got Bijan, who is like locked in. You're he's going to hold his value do, for t- two years. And that's do you it. think maybe we're like? I actually think that we're kind of taking Bijan for granted a little bit. We're like to get a Bijan is like it's sort of like if if you think about it in terms of like the total value of the class, like so much of it is sort of just in Bijan, like to get a Bijan is well, yeah, so I mean, rare. How, how often does a guy come in to the league and immediately is a first round pick in startups? That's gotta be, I would assume that happens very infrequently. Saquon was probably the last Saquon, guy that, that was Zeke, true. It's about it. Yeah. And, and before, yeah, because the wide receiver, what always happens is, you know, even though we knew Jamar Chase was amazing, even though we were pretty confident Justin Jefferson was amazing, you know, whatever, whatever, is that the guys who already exist in the NFL are already so good that it's hard for them to leapfrog. But like, yeah, I mean, just if you happen to tank, if it worked out for you and you tanked last year, whatever, and you have Bijan, like you. The 2023 class looks great to you. Yeah. If you're sitting but, on but the if you but if you if you have the 106 you're like shit man i might Not like my favorite like, class so i'm in a couple leagues where i have multiple back end first round picks it kind of in the the like i got some good players i could tank for one more year or i could trade those away and kind of go for it i'm leaning towards the i'm going to trade these picks away and get some veteran guys and get you mm-hmm. know just get guys i like because I just specifically, I am not that bullish on Josh Downs, Jordan Addison, like just the, 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 even, even Hyatt, right. Even Hyatt, we were like, we were real stoked on Hyatt, but being a speed calling card only guy and then running in the four fours is just, (laughs) just doesn't feel great. It's just just not great. Right. Like if you're, if you're going to be a speed guy, you got to run in the four threes and he did not. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't love, I don't love Hyatt that much. I mean, I think all these guys are fine. They're they're sort of worthy late first round rookie pick type guys, um, but that's not necessarily like, what we were. Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith was the one twelve two years ago. You know, it's like you're there, there's just a, in Superflex, yeah, a, a fucking Heisman Trophy winner was the one twelve <laughs> two years ago. You know, it's just like we we are in a this is this class is just not nearly of the same quality. And again, I could also, I, one thing that just, you'll always feel like a dumbass if you play dynasty, because like, we'll just end up being wrong about some of this, right? Like Charbonnet or something will go to like an elite landing spot that just wants to give him the ball 250 times some season. And you're going to be like, Oh my God, the two Oh two Brian Robinson. Well, that's, right? I, I wouldn't trade off those picks until after the NFL draft, because I think that's going to happen. Like there's a lot of guys like, yeah, I think Charbonnet, I think Chase Brown after the combine, he's a big winner out of the combine, really strong athleticism for him and looks like his profile looks like very similar to like Sean Tucker's and, you know, kind of an undersized can do everything type of dude, but not that great at anything. But like, that's fine. If a team is like, you know what, like you're, a, you're a one a, we're putting draft capital behind you and you're, you can emerge as that kind of guy halfway through the year or something like that. Um, so I don't know, maybe it won't be Brown. like Spears is interesting to me. A chains somewhat interesting. There's a number of these guys, Bigsby, if he gets decent draft capital, if one of these dudes gets drafted in the early third, um, 
who knows, maybe someone gets drafted in the second round. Then I think they're immediately, they like vaulting up into the back half of the, the first round of these drafts. Um, and the draft class is deep enough at running back that I think it'll probably happen. That, well, it's super, it's super deep, right? I mean, like if at running back, I think you can go down to like, I mean, Tajay Spears, Roshan Johnson, yeah. like these guys, like these are yeah, like third that's round another rookie one. picks that I think are like Roshan obviously didn't like kill the combine, but he was fine. And I mean, we talked about this on Friday on our show with Sam, like he's just the type, like um, he is or Shaq Johnson. That's what I like to call him. Sure. He's, he's, um, <laughs> you, know, you know what he is? He's Daryl Williams. He's um, Malcolm Brown. Like the guy who just has like an eight year NFL career because he pass blocks really well. He never fumbles. Like, it's like, it's like not a guy who's ever that exciting, but it's- Alexander Madison was a comp that came up for me and my stuff. Yeah, I, I think that seems reasonable. So with a Shane, I mean, he didn't run as fast as we thought he could because he, uh, I mean, he was literally the Texas high school track and field guy of the year in high yeah. school, which is pretty crazy. But he came in at 190 pounds. That was bigger than I thought he was going to be. That was that was pretty good. Wasn't he 188? I was like, I remember being same, slightly same, sad. Same dip. That's like a Big Mac, you know? You're rounding up. You're rounding up. We round up I'm, on Gibbs too. One ninety nine. Is he, he two hundred? We, we round up on guys we like. We round down on guys we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's just science. That's, that is science. Yeah, I mean four three two. I'm not. I'm not uh, stressed about that. But I guess did he do enough to help his draft capital? Because like he's someone that doesn't really look like anybody. You know, like I, I have this like little comp tool I built, and like essentially no one comes up for him. Like he doesn't because he's going to get draft capital, but he's like, like Justice Hill is sort of a comp, but we're talking about maybe a second round pick versus a fourth round pick there, depending on where A-Chain gets drafted. So I'm, he's like kind of tough for me to figure out because he's, he's definitely undersized, um, but he, he does have the speed. And so I'm like, well, that speed should get him drafted highly, but I guess I don't really want to be holding the bag on him if he ends up being like a fourth round pick. No, no, you don't. You, I mean... Yeah, it'll be draft capital to decide with him. So I think with Gibbs, with Jameer Gibbs, he I don't think like he's gonna be a second round pick. It's just kind of a matter of who takes him. His Gibbs I feel really good about. Gibbs I like a lot. Yeah. Where are you where are we wanting him to go? Hmm. I mean, somewhere where he'll be actually used as a receiver. Um well, if you're thinking about teams that need a running back or that are are interested in spending second round picks on running backs i mean one is the patriots right because they're probably going to let damian harris go they have kevin harris and pierre strong we'll see that that and they they do like their they do like their bama running backs i think i would grade that as a pretty good landing spot um and then just but it's like what about the dolphins feels like they're so low on picks they can't afford yeah that, to that, would, spend. that would be stupid they, for them yeah, like like Mike McDaniel's was like making jokes at the combine about like not having any money to sign a third wide receiver. So I don't know if I don't know if they can spend a luxury pick on a running back, but that would be a decent spot. I think the sneakiest running back spot that everyone should be wanting their guys to go to is the Cardinals because they huh. they cut Eno because he got into a fight with Cliff. They right. they and it's who is the seventh rounder we all liked last year? I already forgot his Eno name. Benjamin. No, no. Oh, the, you just said he no Benjamin. Sorry. Keontae, uh, Keontae, Keontae Ingram. Ingram. Keontae, Keontae Ingram. Ingram. So 
which like, I don't know, maybe they give it to him. But James Conner is entering into his, I believe his age 29 season, uh, age 28. So he's heading into his age 28 season, but it's like completely running out of juice by, by the end, by the end of last year, Connor was down to like, just, you know, he's James Connor. And this is another thing we do on guys. We don't like, we make them older. He's 20. He's 30. He's 30 now. He's well, I was about, I was about to say he's entering into his age 30 season, but I actually Googled it. He's entering into his age 28 season. So that was the first time ever. I was honest about the age of a guy. I don't like <laughs> normally I do. Normally what you do is you, you convince yourself when you look at their birthday age, you're like, Oh, but he'll be another year older by the time the season ends. But you can't even, <laughs> but you can't even do that with James Conner because his birthday's in May. So it doesn't, it uh. doesn't work that way. <laughs> But it's like it's like and and I think I I believe that they can get out of his contract pretty easily. So basically, the yeah yeah he can he can just be cut straight up, um, mm. no no problem. So feels like that's kind of the and and Tyler will be back by hopefully week six seven ish. We don't know, but that's the landing. That's like the number one landing spot you want your guy to go. Yeah, James Conner can be cut for two million dollars dead cap. So I, I'm gonna go ahead and assume he gets cut. This wouldn't be great for the short term, but what about the Chargers? Uh, I mean, it's like how many years in a row are we going to do this? Where it's like, uh, um, but this time it would. This time it would work. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Spiller, uh, Josh Kelly. Uh, who's the other? That would guy? also be kind of a weird pick for them because I'm just thinking like they're taking a guy who'll be Eckler in two years. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, for I, compliment to Eckler. I, I think they will take it. They will take another running back. I, I would bet you could bet your bottom dollar. The Chargers are going to select another running back because they have not gotten any of these guys to work. They don't. I think organizationally, they don't want to give the ball to Eckler 300 times a year. No, even, they don't. Even even as a receiver, they don't really want to be doing this. They and they have tried everything. It, it feels like it should be the easiest job in the world. Like just draft the guy who's good enough to get off Eckler. 30% of the snaps worth of rest and they have not been able to do this. Yeah. I mean, like if they had drafted Kevin Harris last year, which was what he was like a sixth round pick or something, that'd be great. You did it. You found him. And instead they, they signed Sony Michelle and we're giving him goal line carries. This is crazy. Yeah. What about the Panthers? The Panthers would be a fun one for, for Gibbs. So I think your issue there is that they, like Foreman, I think. I think. I think they just plan on. He's a free agent, him. though. Yeah, I well, and who? I don't. I already forgot the name of their new head coach, but he was. He Frank was basically Reich. Frank. Oh God, yeah, he was already. He was already saying, you know, and, and I guess all these guys lie about everything, but he was like, yeah, I mean, I really, I want to use like three guys at a time, and we like what X, Y, and Z has to do. I mean, these these dudes are probably lying. That that feels like a spot, I guess, where. If Gibbs is as good as he was in college, the competition is going to be pretty minimal. Right. So, so that Cardinals—that's what Cardinals it is. is if he's if he's good, good, like like is Chuba Hubbard really ruining his career? Yeah, man. Chuba, I thought Chuba Hubbard was going to be so good. <sighs> he actually was pretty good last year. Like he was, he was respectable last year. He's not good at. He, you don't want to hand him the ball, but he's he's a good pass catcher and yeah and route blocker. I mean, I guess let's just get this out of the way. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is just simply, yeah, tough. The toughest Sorry, we've seen. Bud. He weighed he weighed less than we thought, and he opted out of all the drills, which would indicate that he thought he was going to do poorly at them, probably. 
I, I think you have to do the agilities if you're Deuce Vaughn, even if you like aren't because like dude i don't know man just like hope that you just 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 hope you do it really well well just watching him you'd think he would be good at it yeah he's so i mean first of all he's like five five right so that's the other thing about he was less he weighed less it's because he 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 is not as tall as we thought yeah we thought he was five he's deuce vaughn quite literally is the same size as me deuce vaughn and i are the same height and roughly the same weight and you're willing to do the agilities. So, you know, what's wrong with <laughs> that? That would be a, me versus Deuce Vaughn in the short shuttle would be, <laughs> that would be pretty good. That would be amazing. So we got to set that up. I just haven't really put this together that Deuce Vaughn is like, like Tutu Atwell, at least I think is 5'8. He's just really skinny. But like yeah. Deuce Vaughn is like literally my size. I think he's literally 5'5 five, five flat. Yes, is that, that what he came I'm looking. At? I'm looking at his official stuff right now. He's he's literally five five flat. I don't think that's gonna do it. I, I watching him is so fun, but I I think we're it, it's not gonna be in the NFL where we see him again. No, no, that that's was um that was a lot of uh that was a lot of wish casting. Uh, another guy who he went from you could have talked yourself into if he has a good combine, he maybe could have sneakily been the first wide receiver selected. To he's now a day three pick uh Kayshawn booty booty he he is it's not happening it's not happening for him I I think think so I think I'm not even gonna take him and so like I'm in like a couple rookie drafts that do you know before the NFL draft for for the vibes and I don't even think I'm gonna be taking him and they're not even 200 pounds four five forty bad 10 yard split horrible vert his broad jump was the same as Deuce Vaughn's and he is half a foot taller than Deuce mm-hmm. Vaughn. <laughs> Seems bad. Seems pretty bad. Yeah. I, I'm definitely out on him. There's some other guys though that have popped up as is interesting. Uh Marvin Mims looks really interesting after the I'm, combine. I'm, I'm in on him. He he feels like a sneaky riser because he's kind of the same role as Hyatt, but he had a good combine and Hyatt had a fine combine. Tell me why we should draft josh downs over marvin mims well you know the the thing about josh downs is josh downs played in that system that just fucking generates highlights right he played in that north carolina like fun toss the ball like the same system that gave us a huge bust diami brown and uh and daz newsome i i guess i don't i guess it'd be the if you really wanted to talk yourself in to Josh Downs, it would be like the the broad and the vert and the ten or the the ten yard split and the broad jump that would make you think. But he's one hundred and seventy one pounds. Yeah, that's no really thanks. small. That no, th- like I, I don't know, and and maybe because didn't you notice a general trend of just everyone being about ten percent smaller than you thought they'd be? Well, because what I'm guessing is that like seeing Devonte smith get the draft capital and everything and then also he's had a good career so far and it looks like he's going to be having a you know a very good career overall that you know okay so now the nfl is a little less afraid of the size so then it's like you're heading in let's say you played at 171 or let's say you played at 174 now it's like do i cut three pounds and crush the drills or do i gain five pounds? maybe in the past you're like i gotta get to 180 or i'm not getting drafted where i want but then i then i don't feel great about my 10 yard split or whatever so i would imagine there's something to it like that where i mean just just looking at his stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna guess he cut weight and optimized for 
the 40 and for right. his his drills as opposed thinking to it wouldn't hurt him optimizing for for getting bigger i and 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 zay flowers um did the opposite zay zay flowers did the opposite he got bigger um there was that there was that tweet going around a couple weeks ago showing his before and after of like getting ready for the combine and he looks like a fucking cartoon character now he was so jacked but he came in probably five pounds bigger than expected he was 182 but he ran a 442 1.5 10 yard split not a great vert but a pretty good broad jump i i think he He's going in the first round to me. Zay Flowers is, is I think going in right. the first round. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And like, to me, if I was an NFL scout, like I'd be like, Hey, you know, I, I like how you got really jacked. That's, that's great. Like, I like, Oh no, you gained weight. Like what? It's not a lie. You got really jacked. That seems, that seems like it would be helpful in the NFL. So I, yeah, I, I think, I, like I, think being, I think being jacked is good for the it NFL. It seems good, right? Yeah. You got really jacked and like all your, your muscles are in, in good shape and they do things quickly. Like that seems, that seems great to me. Uh, I, I'm definitely on that side of it than, than like cutting weight and, and, you know, adding a little bit of extra time on your 40. Um, so where do you stand on the Bryce young vibe? I mean, I think, I, I think, what do we think Bryce Young's diet was like ever since the uh, the last game he played in college? Do you think he basically was just getting force fed like like McDoubles like morning, noon, and night for the last six weeks? I'm a little disappointed that Bryce Young didn't come in with like the thickest lower body of all time. <laughs> like why why wasn't he like every day should have been leg day for Bryce Young? He's <laughs> like put it put it on your butt, dude. Like that's how you get the weight up. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that Bryce Young put on 15 pounds from whatever weight he played at, at Alabama wow. for the combine. I mean, that's kind of crazy. You think he was playing that light? I mean, just looking uh, and uh, like, I, like I'm pretty interested in like exercise physiology and like how to put on muscle and stuff like that in like, just like in life anyways. So thinking about the, the combine stuff is, is pretty interesting. I mean, just looking at Bryce Young, that is not a frame that weighs 205 pounds. Like he, he's got, cause you can tell he's got like his shoulders are, are pretty narrow. Like he just is not used to being that big. I I'm going to at minimum 10, he put on a minimum of 10 pounds for this. Okay. Well, good. I mean, good for Bryce because you can tell that like the teams, they know it's a lie. They're like, yeah, but it's about showing, really... it's about showing, you know, how to play the game and do the work. Like, yes. like, Yes. If he came in at 186, it would just be like, this guy's fucking lazy. Right. Yeah, 100%. And, and it also, like, give them the peace of mind. Like, yes, everyone knows it's, like, fake peace of mind, but just give it to them because they want it. And now they have it, and they're like, listen, he was 204. Like, I couldn't have foreseen What do you want me to do? Tiny man. <laughs> yeah, the scale said 204. Yeah, I, I, I'm in on Bryce Young, though. I think um, there's, like, I've seen – I forget who said this on Twitter. It's scrolling. You know, I was like, oh, he's got an A plus. He's like, he's got a 10 body or 10, 10 head, two body, that type of thing. And it's like, well, yeah, I think the A plus head seems good. Like, why? Like, is it, that's like the whole thing with quarterbacks. If he's making incredible decision, if he's a credible decision maker, he extends plays. He doesn't extend plays and then, and then run. He extends plays and then throws downfield. But uh, that seems fine. Like, and I don't know. I mean, he's super accurate. I know he's small, 
But like, how many times are we going to double count the he's small red flag? Like, it's definitely a red flag, but he's, you know, Russell Wilson's the same height. Kyler Murray's the same height. He's not the exact same player as those guys. But, but... but so a very key point, those two dudes are thick as fuck. Kyler, Kyler is. He's working sturdy. on it. He's working Kyler on is sturdy there. and Russ is sturdy. They're both like when those dudes. Kyler's get... looking a little too thick these days. You see, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe he'd be better off wearing what Bryce weighs. But I guess the point, like when those guys get tackled, you don't like hold your breath, right? Yeah, fair. When fair. when Bryce Young gets crumpled for the first time in the pocket for the Houston Texans, you're you're going to be holding your breath. You're going to be like, I don't know if this this dude just got sacked by a 310 pound nose tackle like are we going to be able to get him back up that is a definitely a fair concern that's a legit red flag for sure and and Tua is a close comp for him uh in my stuff yeah, but so. Tua is uh you know he's studying Krav Maga in the offseason so that he can uh help his reflexes as he's going down to avoid concussions right right but I think you know that's kind of the similar concerns or maybe injury prone issues may pop up one way or another with Bryce Young but like I mean Anthony Richardson as much as I like him for fantasy if I was an NFL GM like that's it's a pretty big it's easy for us to be like but if he hits but I mean he he's a guy that could easily get you fired I don't think Bryce Young's getting you fired he's gonna be good no I think I think Bryce Young could get you fired really so this is this is my I guess this is uh where where I've landed on this take um, I feel that CJ Stroud is just about as good of a thrower as Bryce. I don't think as good. I think he lacks a little bit of that pure velocity, a little bit of that, like insane, you know, you put it in the, the three inches that only the wide receiver can get it, but he's certainly a hell of a lot better of a passer than Richardson or Levis is at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why, why? And, and there are Stroud is huge. He's, he's I mean, not huge, but he's like a big dude. And he also, I think very importantly... He was smaller than I thought he'd be. He was 214. I thought he'd be like more like 220. Well, maybe he optimized for other stuff. Maybe he maybe optimized, he, yeah. He cut yeah. weight. So I think that... Um, I, 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 why, why is it a slam dunk that Bryce is going ahead of Stroud when there really are not any questions on Stroud? Like, what, what, is, the, what is the red flag on Stroud? What do we think? Is it just... Is it simply that he played at Ohio state and played like four meaningful games in his entire career. And was throwing the three first round pick wide receivers. Is that just it? I guess that's part of it. The um, one thing that's weird to me about Stroud is that he didn't run really. Like he well, really neither, didn't run neither, at all. Neither did fields dude. Right. So, and that would be a reason to be, to be very bullish on Stroud. Cause that was, I mean, he, we didn't, he didn't work out. So we, I guess we don't know that he's, He's gonna. He's, he, he's he will. He will at his pro day. I bet. I bet. Yeah. I think a lot of these mega prospects. I think where they've landed is they. I actually think it's like not even a want to make sure I get the numbers thing. I literally think it's a comfort thing. Um, like yeah, I slept in a bed I'm used to sleeping in. I'm with my trainers that I've been with for the last three years. That's my coach that I'm real comfortable. Like I just because yeah. Uh, these mega prospects are all going to do their pro days according to like even even I think even Smith and Jigba said he's going to run at he's going to do the 40 at his pro day 
He's not running four eights at his pro day. Well, we can. We I'm can pretty sure that, that tweet is fake. Uh, upon further review, I'm pretty sure that tweet is fake. I kind of just, just misinformation. I kind of, I kind of just. just opened the pod with some Russian propaganda. Well, I kind of just wanted it to be true because I wanted a four eight wide receiver <laughs> to go in the first round just for the just, just for like just for like the social experiment of like what would happen. You know what I, I mean? Like, like that. Yeah, no, I like that actually. So um, I I did want to bring this up on Stroud. Um, he he did run in the national championship game uh yeah he he had uh like he had like a, a couple nice like first down rushes and stuff which is like but and, and and everyone watching it was like holy shit like we literally didn't know this dude could do that he's he said that he regrets not running more and that it's something he definitely wants to do at the next level so that's one thing for me and my stuff he like kind of shows up as a red flag he didn't scramble like at all um and his rushing numbers he wasn't super productive as a rusher so that's actually like something that is like being held against him for me statistically but that's maybe a fake red flag so to give you an idea of maybe why he wouldn't be running that much um these were the scores these this was the the scores that Ohio State won their games by in his final season 21 to 10 first week 45 to 12 77 to 21, 52 to 21, 49 to 10, 49 to 20, 54 to 10, 44 to 31, 21 to 7, 56 to 14, 43 to 30. And then in the two games where he did finally start to scramble, they were the two losses at the very end Mm. of his of his career, losing to Michigan and then losing to Georgia in that crazy uh, college football playoff game. Um yeah, like it's just it's uh, you know, I I think it's just like he, he he, you know, it's like it's like the gifted kid syndrome. It's like they he didn't know how to he didn't need to apply himself until late. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I mean he when you watch him run, there's no concerns about like can this guy outrun a dude in the NFL? Like, yeah, he can. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much positive he can, even though we don't have the the numbers i like i like stroud okay i think for me um levis is the guy that i'm like somewhat concerned about uh let, let me tell you pat you are going to end up with levis in every league that you are in your super because he's because he's, fa- he, he's falling because he's gonna fall well he's gonna fall a little bit in the nfl draft but he's still gonna be a first round pick it's gonna be like why you have zach wilson on all these teams and justin herbert yeah see same deal yeah I take that swing every time. Uh, all right. And I also had a bunch of Daniel Jones because the same thing happened to Daniel Jones. So did you, you know what, what about Malik Willis? Uh, no, I, yeah, I have some Malik Willis for sure. I kept, although that was, that was probably a process error because he was a third round pick when I was taking him. And I knew that um, I didn't take him ahead of the draft. Luckily I didn't, I wasn't in a position to, to burn my draft capital. Um, but yeah, it's- I think, I do like betting on draft capital and against the market being like, this guy definitely sucks. Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, Kenny Pickett is an interesting case of this. I have a bunch of Kenny Pickett cause he kind of fell in last year's drafts. Um, he, be, I think because they signed Trubisky actually was the dumb reason why people didn't take him. Cause like, it's less like, Oh, I can get at least one year of points out of this guy. Yeah. Teams generally are w- more willing to move off of a quarterback at that level of draft capital than, in a top with a top 10 pick as well. So I wasn't quite as stoked on Pickett as 
some of these other guys who had legit draft capital behind them. Let's uh, see. All right. But Let's man, yeah, at... Levis. I don't like Levis very much at all, but I'll probably draft a ton of them. Do we, do you have any, did any um, wide receivers like do a lot to be like, oh, I'm just going to take this dude in the third round every single uh, time for you? Well, I don't know where Mims is going to land, but he's a he's going really late in best ball right now. And like, I really do feel like he's I, I bet, probably, I bet he's a second round pick. He's probably a second round NFL pick. Right. And I think I like him more than Zay Flower. I think I like Mims more than Zay Flowers with second round draft capital for Mims and first round draft capital for Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is going to be, he strikes me a bit like the Jahan Dotson guy where I'm going to be lower than market, even if he's a first round pick. I think, that, uh, I'm just, I think that seems reasonable. I'm not that into him. I, not that he's terrible or anything, but I just think like he strikes me more as like a second round rookie pick type of guy, even as a first round pick, uh, you know, early second. But um, I think Mims, who, you know, you're going to be getting right now so much later than Zay Flowers in best ball drafts, really jumps out as a value. Shout out to Zach Kruger, who was touting him before the combine. Um, another dude, uh, Cedric Tillman jumps out to me is a is an interesting guy he's also free in these best ball drafts he's old though he's old he's a fifth year he's passed by Hyatt after getting injured he was sort of Hyatt sort of took the number one job away from him um but I don't know it feels like maybe he's able to do you think he can sneak in as a day two guy or is he a day three guy I mean so much of it depends on just how hungry these teams are for wide receivers like like, I think this is kind of a mid wide receiver class, but I think a bunch of these guys are going to end up going really high because like every team in the league is like, shit, we don't have enough wide receivers, you know? Right. And, and it's an all time bad wide receiver free agent class too. So it's just like harder to find guys. Yeah. Yeah. Tillman scares me. Cause I'm worried. He's like Seth Williams where it's like, he's just going to go like in the sixth round or whatever. And we'll never hear from him again, but I do kind of, I'm semi-intrigued by him late, but Mims is the guy that really feels like kind of the free money right now. Where like he's probably gonna get NFL draft capital on move the six. They were he his name came up, and they were saying, I think NFL teams aren't saying more about him because they don't want the word to get out that he's kind of like the sleeper on everybody's board in the NFL right now. So I don't know. I, I really think like I don't think I'll be drafting much like Downs and Flowers, who are I think somewhat of a similar archetype. Downs, uh, downs. I think I'm out on flowers. I think flowers. I could see having a shit ton of touches as a rookie. Like I think, like some team could just draft him and be like, because he was, uh, so he played for a really bad college team. He's like the only guy they had, and he, like he held up to it, which is like that's actually one of the things I love. It's kind of why Tutu Atwell has been on the bottom of my dynasty rosters forever because mm. he played on like a pretty bad Louisville team, but just got the ball all the time. It was also the same reason why I wanted tank Dell to have a good combine, <laughs> but he weighs 165 pounds. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it, it feel, it, it's like, it's like when, when Tutu weighed in so less, I was like, Oh, this will be the smallest anyone's ever been. And it's like, these, it's like everyone was like challenge accepted. Let's see how small we can get and still get <laughs> it's drafted. It's crazy in the in the nfl and and maybe it is just sort of a uh you know the the game the game done changed a little bit but it's it's like crazy how small 
some of these guys are, you know, um, it, I mean, and like, so Zay Flowers is he's five nine, one eighty two. That's small enough to like limit your production. I think is a, I mean, maybe not like limit with a hard cap, but it could certainly be something that ends up impacting him uh, as a rookie. And he's an eighth round pick right now in best ball. So I'm sort of like, is he really going to cost like a sixth round pick? Or is he going to be basically where he is right now once he is a first round NFL pick? Like it feels his draft capital feels priced in, not like necessarily like priced in in an, in an egregious way. Like he probably will go around this range post NFL draft. So you're getting him like roughly at value. But relative to a guy like Marvin Mims, who has an ADP of 217 and might be a second round pick, like, and again, like, you know, he's not the biggest guy either. Uh, but I just think like price adjusted and sure you could take both. Like you're not, it's, you're not forbidden from taking both, but I just think like he's 183, he's 5'11". I'd I'd much, much, much prefer to bet on him right now. I'm with that. Trey Palmer was one that I, so I was sort of interested in Trey Palmer heading it. I, uh, I think a specific type of arbitrage and you really have to be, um, a nerd to get this deep into things is guys who basically never were in a normal situation in college, basically outside of, of their control. So Trey Palmer was recruited to LSU in the middle of a coaching change, right? So he was recruited there in 2019, which was the last year of them having good players. That was the Joe Burrow, Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall year. All those dudes leave. Uh, so he's there in 2020, not really going to blame him playing behind a bunch of guys who got in the NFL, right? Booty is going to be in the NFL. Marshall's in the NFL. Um, I don't think Dre Jenkins is, but Eric Gilbert and Racy McMath are. And then I don't know why he didn't play in 2021. That's not great because then they were bad. But then he transferred to Nebraska and was really good. Uh, he He had... So he had 1,043 receiving yards. No one else on the team had more than 471. He had nine touchdowns. No one else on the team had more than two receiving touchdowns. It's just kind of a crazy profile. Mm. And he crushed the combine. Six foot tall, 192 pounds, 4.340, 1.5, 10-yard split. Really good 10-yard split. Now, he didn't do the other drills probably a signal that he was optimizing mm-hmm. for straight line speed, knowing that that was yeah. his best way to get drafted. But that's the type of guy where I'm like, if he goes to the bills or the chargers or the chiefs or the Cowboys or like some reasonable passing offense on day three, that's like a stab I would really like to take. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, kind of like a Khalil Shakir type bet. Uh, right. Not in the same archetype, but I mean, like he goes, I, he's a day I, three guy on a good team. I think I, so, so, that type of bet, I, I actually think more like a DJ Shark bet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So like where it's like Shark got suspended and he was in trouble. It's like, it's like and and also COVID, you know, like guys are having weird college careers now where it's like, and, and the transfer portal stuff, like you can transfer unpunished. You can just go right. right away. You didn't play. It's like, there are a lot of different reasons why. Like, I think for the next couple years, we're going to have to, change some of our paradigms for age stuff, age and, and breakout related stuff because of COVID. Yeah. Well, COVID 
are we almost done with it? The 2021, 2022, and 2023 seasons will be our our um, probably, underclassmen seasons. So we're kind of done with it. I would say this is the last year that'll probably really matter. Yeah. Um, although maybe it, who knows, maybe it affected the recruiting classes. So, yeah. And also, uh, NIL is making shit all weird too. Like really good guys might go to a smaller school because the smaller school is like, we'll give you $5 million to come be the face of our program or whatever. Right. Right. That's interesting too. Maybe yeah. we're back to, cause the, one of the recent trends, right. Has been like, just take the dude who was a five-star recruit and then went to the best school, like stop overthinking it, you know, draft Chris Olave, draft Justin Jefferson, draft Jamar, like just draft. Like these guys are even better prospects than they seem on paper because all the guys are going to the same school, but maybe that changes. Maybe the, maybe the money switches that up. All right. We, we got to talk about this tight end class. This tight end class. I like class. the tight end class. I don't love it post combine. I'm a little bit. I Who, who disappointed you? Michael Mayer. I thought Mayer was like going to be. Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer is, is, uh, Tyler Croft or whatever. It's like, he'll be, he'll be good in an offense that gives him a lot of playing time, but he's not going to be a value creator. Actually Dalton Schultz. Think of him as Dalton Schultz. That seems nicer. Yeah. That seems nicer. And Dalton Schultz is about to go make a ton of money. The Cowboys are going to let him go. He's about to go make a bank. Yeah. I think, uh, Mayer definitely struck me as someone who could be like an awesome tight end prospect. The type we we don't get all that all that often. He strikes me more as like a fine tight end prospect, like a good a good tight end prospect, but not uh, someone to get like super super excited about. Um, but then there are some guys who are exciting. I know Darnell Washington is kind of the big riser, uh, and will maybe sneak into the back end of the first round now. Um, but the guy to me that really jumps out, he was jumping out before the combine, really jumps out post-combine, Sam Laporta. Oh, I was going to say Zach Koontz. Oh. Well, Zach, I mean, he wasn't jumping out. I'd never heard his name before yeah, the combine. Yeah, he, he was in Ohio State transfer. Uh, interesting. Where does yeah. Old Dominion Penn, play? Penn, Penn State transfer, I Penn think. State? Okay. Uh, Old Dominion, um, I, I want to say they have a couple other NFL players, actually. Interesting. Uh, Old Dominion, per the data, is uh, they play in the Sun Belt. They used to play in the Conference USA. Um, they have no consensus All-American selections in their history, per sportsreference.com. <laughs> seems seems great. Let, let's see. What do we, let's uh this this is a good game. Do we think Zach Koontz even was a functional player? If you had to guess right now, how many receptions for Zach Koontz in his college football career? Um, I will say that he has 120 career receptions. Too high. He has 88 receptions, 862 oh. yards, and seven touchdowns after entering uh, the University of Penn State in 2018. <laughs> God damn it. Because <laughs> I, I just, I, I was adding, I was giving him the full four years. And then I, I, I almost said 80 to start. And then I was like, no, no, no. Come on. We're going to give Koontz more. Yeah, give me the, that was too many, me... though. Mayor has 180. I, I went yeah. way too high. Give me the Sam Laporta vibes 
So he's like a yards after catch guy. He's not. So Dulcich is someone that I liked last year, partly because he was like a field stretcher, seam stretcher, um, high A dot type of guy. That's not Sam Laporta. Laporta is more like you throw it to him underneath and he can pick up yards after the catch. Uh, more like the Kittle archetype as a receiver. Unlike Kittle, he's not viewed as like this awesome run blocker. Um, so, you know, potentially that'll limit, I think, not in potential, it'll probably limit his rookie snaps. So, you know, getting him at the very, very end of drafts in three tight end builds in 20 round drafts right now seems pretty fun. As we get into, you know, best ball mania season, maybe he sort of falls outside the the player pool a little bit. But for Dynasty, he definitely jumps out as a guy once he can get on the field for a full uh, slate of, of routes and everything. Very interesting because he's essentially is a receiver, uh, even though he'll probably play in line tight end once he gets the blocking completely sorted um so yeah i mean he's he's someone that with that yards after catch profile you really do i think want to see that he's a legit athlete and he tested great so i think like compared to darnell washington washington is just going to be an awesome blocker he's gonna be out there all the time he's he's gonna be noah gray like they're not throwing this dude the ball i don't think yeah that's what you worry about though exactly and and draft capital is tricky at the tight end position because what are they drafting? The because guy no to one do? knows. That's the thing. No one knows. Like, like tight end, and it's like tight end development is like the biggest mystery. I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's just like such a hard position. You have to be like a really good slot wide receiver and like a third tackle. It's just like I can't yeah. imagine how hard that is. It's it's crazy hard. Yeah. And then you look at like, okay, the the tight ends being drafted right now, like Travis Kelsey, not highly regarded as a prospect, right? He he emerges over time. He had, he dealt with injuries. Um wasn't like a got, terrible he, prospect. He almost got like kicked off his own team. Yeah. But he wasn't like this, you know, if you think from rookie pick perspective, like where's the dynasty market oh, out sure. on, on yeah. these guys, not a highly regarded fantasy prospect. Um, Mark Andrews, not a highly regarded prospect. Uh, I, Kyle Pitts was so Andrews, Hawkinson was Andrews is interesting because I don't shit. It's I'm getting so old. My brain is breaking so much now. I want to say Andrews was injury stuff. Cause he was super good at Oklahoma. He was, he, he, but I believe caught, he was a third round pick and yeah, he was. was drafted in the first round you by are, the same you team. Are, you are correct. But I mean, he was like, he had seven receiving touchdowns as a true freshman at Oklahoma. It was like, maybe like there was, there was enough signal there to, to say that he could have been good. I think for sure. Yeah. Like not, I'm not saying these guys are like bums who like they, some, like I, I don't get how they turn into what they turn into, but like they weren't, we we didn't predict it like in a lot of these cases dallas goddard we didn't predict it he was definitely an intriguing kind of like you know third round rookie pick type of dude but we didn't predict that he would be this um darren waller obviously we didn't predict it i mean that you know he fell out of the league and everything so zach Ertz, i feel like maybe we like half predicted it but he was he was like uh someone that some people were pretty into and others were not he wasn't that athletic um my point is like if you look at, you know, the top wide receivers, the top running backs that are being drafted in fantasy drafts today, most of them were like very highly regarded when they entered the league among like the dynasty market or, or where they were going in best ball drafts or, or regular fantasy drafts in their first season. Uh, and tight end, it's just like, these guys come out of nowhere. Oh, Kittle. Kittle's the ultimate example. He was a fifth round NFL draft pick mm -hmm. and pretty immediately flashed, broke out in his second season 
is awesome, is better than the two guys who came out of Iowa after him and Hawkinson. Which is which is hilarious, right? Yeah, it is. And they were the highly regarded prospects. There's there's probably an argument that Hawkinson's actually better than Kittle because he doesn't miss every game. Well, well, there is that argument now. (laughs) For a long time, there was not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Give me one game. I still want Kittle. Why didn't Why didn't Dalton Kincaid do it? Is he hurt? Did he not do any drills? I think he's hurt. Yeah. So that's sort of interesting because Kincaid is is like not only was he productive, he was like I want to say he even led uh like a yeah he led a very good team in receiving. Like that's kind of like the hard thing is like je- like when you see tight ends lead their team in receiving sometimes in college it's like okay you let a six and six texas tech team and receiving who cares but like the utah teams that he played for were good um i i'm pretty interested in him and i wonder if him not doing any of these drills while musgrave and laporta and washington and these guys all did i wonder if that actually maybe pushes him down a little bit it might and are you worried about his age he's like super old Again, it's like a tight end. It's like just it's yeah. it's it's the most throw a dart at the dartboard style position, right? Kyle Pitts. We we're all can Kyle Pitts is an alien. Kyle Pitts is you can't miss. He's gonna be unbelievable. And it's like Kyle Pitts hadn't done shit. We're two years into his career. He's done nothing. Michael Pruitt's got more touchdowns than him. The other guys that we did this with as well, we did this with Njoku. Where it's like absolutely We're still doing monster. it. You, I, we you still could trade, are you doing could, it. You could trade David and Joku for a second round rookie pick right now. I bet in tight end <laughs> premium. <laughs> yeah, I mean Eric Ebron was a guy that that had some hype coming in. Um, Evan Ingram had some hype coming in, uh, and you know Evan, Evan Ingram just had Evan a nice sixty year breakout. Yeah, that, <laughs> right. I mean these guys have done some things. Uh, Austin Sperry and Jenkins, Jenkins, we got super oh, psyched man. about. I loved him. Yeah, he was yeah. the next Gronk. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, Noah Fant is looking like an epic bust. Uh, it's it's tough, man. It is it is tough to predict these tight ends. Uh, but I think what this class gives us is a number of guys who you can, you can bet on very, very cheaply and do have some upside. I think Kincaid, Musgrave, Darnell Washington – uh Laporta Mayer I think I like him a little bit less than I did but you know I still think it's fairly palatable at, at his ADP um maybe he'll drop a little and I'll keep taking him at the rate I was but overall yeah I think this is a good class I am I don't know maybe like I was a little bit too bullish on how readily these guys would would uh contribute I, I'm starting to feel a little bit more nervous about how much production we get out of these guys right away. But I mean, I think you, you just generally assume rookie tight ends are not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not like rookie wide receivers. It's going to be uh it's going to be an interesting ship chasing summer because these rookies are going to get pushed way up and we don't love them. It might be, it might be an off season of drafting dusty vets, you know? I, I mean, it might be like, I don't, Right now, I, I, I'm happily going to be drafting Mims as he in, in his rise. Um, but at 183 pounds, once he's in the, the ninth round or something after getting second round draft capital, I think uh, uh cool cool off there. Who's going to be our Who's going to be our Ertz Gerald this year? Ceh, right now. 
No, we need, dude, we need a, we need a tight end. Who's going to do it for us. We need a dusty old tight end. Well, the dusty old tight ends. Uh, I would say one candidate is Darren Waller. Uh, to be someone that the market's just, they're not out enough on him, but maybe they, with the they'll, Raiders. They'll, they'll get there though. Yeah. He's a prime candidate for like, he's a wide receiver who plays tight ends uh, and the market may just decide they're done with him. So I would love for him to fall and, and be that guy. Cause I think he actually has a payoff. Who do we, who's your, who's your guess on who the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders is? Uh, I, I, I feel like they're going to try to get a rookie, aren't they? How do they, do they have the, do they have the picks to move around? Don't they have the seventh pick? Uh, let me check there. Let me check tankathon. Uh, yeah. So they have the seventh pick, but do they have another pick? I don't think so the seventh and what, like, that's not going to be enough. To that's move not going to be enough. Cause it, cause it, the like, Panthers are coming up over them. Panthers are coming up over them. Uh, there are other teams that could come up over them as well. Right. Like we have t- other teams that could potentially be interested. Atlanta could come up over them. Tennessee could come up over them. Um, and, and like if, so if Chicago trades their pick and then Houston and Indianapolis take a quarterback, we're looking at like, Will Levis as the, as their option. I, I think they would do that. I think they would take him. That's not what you want. <laughs> but I mean, what, 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 what are you suggesting they do? I see. I think they would be, I actually think they would be better off doing the Geno Smith, you know, trade a seventh round pick for Bailey Zappi, you know, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater. I just, cause their roster is not even close. They are not even close to being they're not close you're right so put yourself put yourself in the position to get caleb williams why did they trade for Devontae adams again i had completely <laughs> forgotten that happened they traded like, I knew all he, the draft like i knew he was on the it's like i think both teams would undo that trade right i think it's the the the, the raiders were like this is a bad idea the packers, the packers wouldn't <laughs> the packers would not the NFC was so bad. The Packers could have won the the NFC last year if they had Devontae Adams. I think. Maybe. I don't know. They're getting smoked by the Eagles in the playoffs, though. I mean, they were throwing I, to like I, rookie wide receivers and Mercedes Lewis all year. I, I don't think that. So you you think they could have won like the NFC and go to the Super Bowl representing the NFC? Yes. No, I don't think so. I think the Eagles would have smashed them. Chig Okonkwo's ADP is tight end 15. He is on a team and uh, he looked <laughs> fun. He did. He did look fun. Uh, That's good Mike, enough. Mike, Mike Gesicki is Ertz Gerald. Mike Gesicki is going to sign with a team that actually wants him for the first time in his career. He's never, he's never been wanted. He is going to sign. What if he signs a one year, $8 million with the Kansas city chiefs? See, this is not, that's not, that's not the Ertz Gerald's. Uh, prototype. The prototype is this guy has shown that he can do the thing. He can, that very he can few do it, can and do. people and people think it's over. Yes, people have decided this guy who can do a very rare thing can no longer do that very rare thing. 
And uh, I say, maybe he still can, and he's very, very cheap. That's Arch Gerald. Because Seki's never shown he can do that thing. Uh, that's sort of the first, you know, the first box that he hasn't really checked. I don't, uh, yeah, other than that, I don't I don't see it in Arch Gerald. Maybe Hunter Henry, if you think the Patriots start to use the forward pass again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Hig- Higby was the Arch Gerald last year i don't even see higby on here higby, higby is okay he's a cut end, candidate end, this year 17 yeah yeah he he's is. a cut candidate he's he's not someone that i think is, is but that's probably that's probably right fine because he probably goes again to somewhere that wants him right who wants tyler higby stinks <laughs> we just talked about how hard it is to play tight end sometimes you just want a guy who can move and do the job you're asking him to do i actually think he might be done though i'm i'm going the urch gerald market-based approach of yeah no no he's done because he looked so dumb last year yeah i don't know we have one uh, darren waller stop drafting him everybody let's let's make him urch gerald i actually so i might go the other way on this i might i might be the tight end is deep bro which has never worked for anyone in the history it's of tight end is not tight end will look deep, but just the reality of the scoring distributions is only five of these guys are going to matter. Well, when I say the tight end is deep, I don't mean deep like there's 20. I mean, like, why would I draft Kyle Pitts in the sixth when I can get like that Hunter game? Henry in the 18th? Yeah, so I, I'm thinking like Pat Fryermuth in the ninth or 10th or Cole Komet, knowing he's going to run all the routes uh, or Greg Dulcich. Like those guys... That little pocket, and I would say Fryermuth is the guy I'm most interested of those three. Um, that his price is very enticing to me, and it is like enough where I'm I'm drafting a, a tight end in like the ninth, tenth pocket, which is a pocket I usually don't draft because that's typically the guys are like, this is the year, this is the year he's going to make a big step, and you know, as we talked about with we, we're bad at predicting which tight ends are ever going to do anything, so we're especially bad at predicting exactly when. The jumps happen, but I still think I'm betting on Friermuth. Well, I've got I've got Friermuth and Albert O in uh, our our tank off league where we're tanking against each other. Right. So it's time You're trying to sell. I got Tony. You want to make a deal? <laughs> oh man, that's a good challenge trade, Pat Friermuth. For, I mean, I could probably get a first for Friermuth. I bet. I might Fry- be able to get a first from Tony from you, Friermuth. <laughs> <laughs> Or Michael Meyer in Dynasty, <laughs> Superflex Titan Premium. I'd rather have Fryermuth. He's he's shown me enough that I'm that I'm interested. I mean, it's and, crazy. It's crazy how much just demonstrating the ability to get on an NFL field and not shit yourself is worth a tight end position. Yeah, he's he's got a lock on the snaps. Uh, he catches the ball. He seems to have a connection with Pickett. Um, and I think he could maybe like rise up the the target pecking order to second there i don't know which of the receivers he's passing but i think he could do it i mean it's like enough of deontay johnson already right yeah yeah please <laughs> if you're gonna throw the if you're gonna give someone a seven a dot make it the tight end not your outside wide receiver please it, is where, where's deontay johnson going in drafts right now after a year where he got he set the record for most touchdowns with no let's he's I'm going like guess. right next to pickens i think he's like the seventh round ish Oh, wide receiver 38 is actually pretty cheap for him. Yeah, it's not outrageous. Yes, ADP of 76, uh, Pickens 71. So it's not, I mean, you're like, you don't have to take him over Pickens. And I I think it's he's fine. 
you know what's interesting is there's no way Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown can both pay off, and Jamison Williams might be better than St. Brown. ADP of 60 for Jamison Williams. That, uh 15.6 like like obviously like 2018 fantasy brain is like there's no way that makes sense that's the worst adp i've ever heard but like 2023 fantasy brain i'm like i don't know it seems like i could load up on that i've taken him uh i think you almost have to like mix him in but he's someone where i'm like anytime the price is palatable i'm gonna make sure i get my exposure because every time he was on the field he was like scoring a long touchdown last year he looks the speed looks like it's translated hasn't been affected by the ACL tear uh even playing with Jared Goff which is obviously a, a major concern for a deep threat uh didn't seem to be a huge issue last year and then like what if the Lions draft yeah what if his quarterback is Anthony Richardson then yeah then you don't care about that all of a sudden Amon Ross St. Brown looks like a ma- I mean seriously if they have if Amon Ross St. Brown's quarterback in the fantasy playoffs is Anthony Richardson like you're done so, yeah you're done GG GG yeah. well played yeah, but Jamison Williams, uh, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty he only good needs, about... he only needs, he just needs to be Mike Evans, right? At that point, he just needs to have the Mike Evans, like useless all year banks in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, at a much, much James, cheaper cost. Jamison Williams will be your classic low advance rate, high ceiling, week 17 <laughs> guy. When to <laughs> you, you say that, but see, so you're doing Davis voice. I think you do, you do Bime for voice for that. <laughs> I was, I was actually sure I was said. actually going I should I don't I just I I just do the impression uh, it's just a generic impression of fantasy football guy but really I was going for Liam there that was a oh you're going for that, Liam. see I thought yeah. you were doing Pete's impression of you of me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, mean, I, I definitely profile picture is Pete doing an impression of you so I thought it was in that vein I love I love that that is I can just have that be my profile picture forever because I can just say I was just I was just doing a bit your honor <laughs> all, my tweets, <laughs> all my tweets are in character there's a dm we have it's me you and Pete and I get so confused when it's from you but it's Pete's face <laughs> I'm like wait which one who's saying this again is this we, all, Pete? we all forget um <laughs> All right, let's do let's do this. Let's close out. Let's let's do our top twelve uh, rookies. Oh. So we got Bijan. Can we draft? Let's let's draft. Yeah, sure. Let's draft. I'll give you the first pick. Are we doing superflex? Superflex. All right, I'll go Bijan. Okay, I am gonna take Anthony Richardson. Yes, you are. Of course, I know. Well, now, would you have taken him if you had the first pick? Is that why you gave me the first pick? So you didn't have to do something. No, no, you you okay. absolutely you like I lo- I you at you can't you can't do that. That's too much. I think it is too. Uh, I'm gonna go Bryce Young. Okay, I'm gonna go Stroud. I'm gonna go JSN. JSN over Johnston, huh? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got I got Johnson. So first six are Bijan, Richardson, Young, Stroud, JSN, Johnston. Uh God damn it, I'm gonna have so much little levels. I'm gonna I'm gonna resist for now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Gibbs. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I think Gibbs's ADP will be ahead of Levis. Yeah. Uh, particularly assuming that there's like some chance that Levis falls to like the, the picket range, like pick 20 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I'm going to take Zach Flowers or Zay Flowers. So what am I on the board with or on the clock with? I that, that was the one seven, the one eight. So you're the one nine right now. I'm taking Will Levis one nine. I mean, this is that's the that's the Herbert. That's range. that's the range. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm gonna have a lot. I don't like him. So I'm gonna take Jalen Hyatt. I think this is probably bad, but this is the point of like it's it gets it gets grossier. So I, at one ten, I'm taking. Jalen Hyatt, because I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I do think he'll be a first-round pick. And first-round pick wide receiver at 110 feels good. That's my logic for taking Jordan Addison. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be one same, 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 same deal. I mean, I'm I Hyatt is at least like a little bigger, you know? Like Hyatt's like six feet tall. So you can excuse the the 4-4. Jordan Addison is like a baby. Um. Yeah, it's not great, um, but I do think he's still like a back end of the first round type of pick. I'm worried he's like Nelson Aguilar or something. But I mean, has uh, USC ever produced a good wide receiver? Juju, that's it. I mean, didn't Amon go there? Oh shit, you're right. He did. Yeah, you and Pittman. For, you for, Pittman hasn't been terrible. Well, you forget because also Drake London didn't he go to USC? <laughs> what are you really, talking it's, about? Really, it's just they had a five-year run of producing nothing but bust. There was like a Marquise Lee in there. Right. I'm such a I'm such a boomer. I'm now reverting to what fantasy football was like in 2015. <laughs> um, oh, easy. I'll wrap it up with Michael Meyer. I it's like my nice nice Meyer is like to me. It's the same thing as taking Cole Komet a couple of years ago. Basically, okay. It's, it's like it's like a little bit more. It's a little bit more expensive, but like everyone who took Komet, I mean, sure, he's not like blown the doors off, but like. Komet has done nothing but appreciate and value since you took him. And I think Meyer will probably hold his value. Very similar. Actually, like even Noah Fant today in these tight end premium dynasty leagues that we are in, Noah Fant has obviously degraded in value, but he's not a zero. You could still get something for Noah Fant five years into his career of doing nothing. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, getting like in a lot of these tight end premium leagues, I don't have anyone at the tight end position. Like I've picked up like I've played Richard Rogers yeah. in important weeks in these tight end premium leagues, because like, you can't even get a Noah fan. Like a Noah fan no. is like pro- prohibitively expensive. Noah fan. Like you're sending a first probably to get him. Yeah. Which I'm just never, ever doing. So, uh, but that tends to be the price. But so I like that. I kind of wish I took mayor over uh, Addison, to be honest. I'm glad yeah. you're still in he, the athleticism was just not, I was hoping it'd be like, not like crazy off the charts, but just like, you know, solidly good. And it, it to was me, a little, to little me, below it average. feels like you, there. it's one of two things with tight ends. Either one, you are just granted because of pedigree and because your film looks good. The NFL just doesn't care what you do. Or you're the unheralded guy who transferred schools three times, went to Old Dominion, never caught a touchdown, but you tested like batman at the combine and all of a sudden yeah. you're a third round pick it feels like that's like basically the way tight ends go yeah yeah that's that's totally it i think if you're getting him with commit type of you know draft capital or dynasty rookie capital whatever i, I think he's a kind of a smash because uh, he's much stronger prospect than commit in my opinion he he had a lot better production than Komet well, did it's at just the same lot, school. It's just, yeah, it's just easy to make that comp because they both went to Notre Dame. No, I know. But but that is kind of what you'd have to pay for him. So if you're getting him 
Komet was maybe a little cheaper. No, Komet, Komet was a second round pick, but Komet was a second round, round pick, pick yeah. because his class was nuts, not because he sucked. He got lost Komet, in the shuffle. Komet had uh, Komet, and he was also a third round pick. Meyer's going to be a first round pick, probably. Right. Yeah. So, all right. I, I kind of like, I feel better about the class actually after doing that. It's like a pretty, I think it's very solid first round. We're getting. I just a, think, I think it's going to be, you're like, by like pick 15 though, you're just throwing darts on running backs. You hope play as a rookie. Like, I think that's the the difference where it's like, so like after like Marvin Mims goes, then I think you're to the range of like, yeah, shit, I guess I'll take Kendra Miller who went in the third round to the Dolphins or the Commanders or something. Yeah, but we've got like Charbonnet's probably a day two guy. Uh, he he was we we have not said his name. He was a big winner of the combine. Yeah, uh, he I think is. You could argue that there are, you have to go to the fourth tier of running backs before you have more than one player in the tier. Like I think it might be Bijan tier one, Gibbs tier two, Charbonnet tier three. All of them alone. And then tier four, you get to other that, backs. That sounds that sounds right to me. I agree. And I, I didn't feel that way before the combine. I thought it was Charbonnet and a bunch of a bunch, a bunch of dudes of kind dudes. of all in the same tier. And yeah, he se- seems like he's separated. Maybe I won't feel that way post draft. But but the way I feel about Charbonnet is, I am not worried he's like going to fall to round six or something. But if I look at Kendra Miller, I'm like he might fall to round six. Tank, where does Tank Bigsby get drafted? He could draft get drafted oh. round three. He could get drafted round five, no, six. He's he's a day he he's a think? class right. classic day three dude because he is not going to catch any passes. So where in day three do you think he's early or late? Dude, yeah, round round five, I think, because okay. he's got he's got that pedigree. He's got a cool name. Yeah, not not even kidding. That's a big cool, difference. Cool name matters. Cool name does matter. Um, if and that's why you know. A chain or Ashane? We need A chain or Ashane. Can't be, can't be. Uh, what were you saying? Ashane. Yeah, no, no. Uh, a shame. A shame. I'm out. I'm out on a shame. I'm in on A chain or Ashane. So let me know which it is. I th- uh, it, it is a chain. It is a chain. I think. I'm out on a chain. Uh, Devin Ashane pronunciation. Uh, yeah, it's it's. It's Devin Devon. It's actually Devon uh, Chain. Okay, I'm out. So uh, Charbonnet in his own tier, <laughs> tier four, everyone but Devon a Chain. What if what if a chain uh, yeah, tier five weighed 197 pounds instead of 188? I'm in. He yeah. just ran a four three two. I'm very in. I don't I don't care what his name is. At what if what if some what if some NFL team decides that he's a second round pick? That's why I think you have to be drafting him regardless of how you feel about him. What if like the he's Chiefs, going around... what if the Chiefs take him as the pass catching compliment to Pacheco? I mean <laughs> then I know. Then you draft him, you trade him to Davis Maddox. You, you, <laughs> you... <laughs> it's an instant profit. And then Daryl Williams re-signs with the Chiefs at age yeah. 32 and plays 500 snaps. <laughs> uh, yeah. You get a first round pick for the Chiefs' fourth string running back. They That's can't how you play they can't. That. I actually, I I feel very proud of myself. I did not execute one trade for Isaiah Pacheco in any league last year. Wow. I, I I held, for which you could argue was actually a process error. You could actually argue <laughs> I should I should have because he's the first Chiefs running back since Kareem Hunt to hit. Yeah, the one the one time it would have worked. <laughs> you set it out. <laughs> not this time. Nah, I'm not doing it. 
<laughs> I, I'm in a league. So the league where we draft, the league where we draft before the NFL draft, he didn't get picked because uh, he was a shitty running back from Rutgers who was like useless. <laughs> and I, I traded away Mitch Trubisky for a hundred bucks of fab. So I had more fab than everyone else in the league. And I spent every dime of it on Isaiah Pacheco. All right. Nice. I like that. I like trading so, for fab and then going all in. That's a, that's a bold move. But I, well, likely was also likely and Tyrion Davis price were also not drafted. So it was an interesting mm. thing of like, who's going to go for what. And everyone in the league told me I was a dumbass for not going in on likely, which I don't know, maybe I was. No, I, I think you were proven, proven right there. I mean, obviously it was just driven by bias, but you, you still came yeah, out on top. It doesn't matter. It, the, the road to getting there doesn't matter. It's, yeah, it doesn't matter now why you did it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got the right guy. Um, uh, okay. Get, real quick on Charbonnet. Where do you think he gets drafted though? Like, is he, is he like a late round three guy or is he now in like the round two conversation? I just think it's hard to take a guy like Charbonnet who doesn't have one thing you can point to and be like, Oh yeah, he's gonna do this. He's gonna like make our. T- he's like Brian Robinson, you know. He's like he's gonna get and probably even faster too than Brian Robinson. But like, yeah. yeah, he's just like a pretty competent NFL running back who's gonna pass block pretty well. Not really gonna fumble. You could give him eighteen touches a game. He's fine. But that's like it's like to take a guy in the first or second round. You have to like sell yourself on like. James Cook, like, oh, James Cook is going to transform our passing offense because he's going to turn all these Devin Singletary checkdowns into 15-yard gains or whatever, you know? It just right. feels like he doesn't have that flash quality. That makes sense. I'm just, like, I'm wondering because the running back class doesn't have, like, a clear third guy if maybe he has a chance to get a little overdrafted. Uh, Well, yes, I think I think he has a, a pretty good chance to be um overdrafted which we'll take we'll take that overdraft give give him the opportunity that's all we need actually you know what i think i think he's not going to be the guy i think it'll just be it'll be one of these faster guys or one of these guys who caught a bunch of passes like just one of zach evans randomly was a second round pick or something like i don't even know who it is chase brown chase brown yeah didn't he run like a four three six or something he crushed every drill his jumps were off the charts obviously didn't do the agilities but uh looks super athletic uh that is like yeah that's your that's your dude who gets drafted in the second like the 50th overall pick or something that'd be wild yeah. but so, it's gonna happen to somebody that's why i feel like just keep uh even though like it wasn't the best combine for the running back class i would say it's still i still i actually thought like my... they all i think cumulatively as a group i feel higher on them now i feel higher on the running okay. backs lower on the wide receivers and much higher on the tight ends. Interesting. Um, I think either way you, you're going to like, I guess what it is is some of the guys that I like the most, like Bigsby, I was hoping would run a little faster. Also, I was hoping he'd be a little bigger. I was hoping Charbonnet would be a little bigger. Everyone, uh, everyone's just 10% smaller than you imagine. That's just the new I NFL. I think. Even Gibbs was 199. I thought he was like 204. And uh, can Everyone you imagine a an, an Alabama starting running back weighing on less than 200 pounds? Like that's nuts. Wild. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. He must have like, dropped weight for the 40. Like even Mark Ingram was like 220, I think. Well, what was Kenyon Drake? I guess he never really started. I I bet I bet Kenyon Drake was 205 minimum. I bet he was 205. Yeah, he wasn't under 200. 
Kenyon Drake's player profiler weight, which is normally pulled from the combine. It, let's see. Yeah, 210. There you go. That's 10 pounds more than Jameer Gibbs. And Kenyon Drake, like in that backfield, you're looking at him like this poor guy. He's so little compared to his offensive linemen. 10 pounds is a lot, as Bryce Young can tell you, because he just put it on in a couple months. Devonta Smith just – I think Devonta Smith winning the Blitnikoff or, and winning the Heisman and then being a, a top pick, like, changed a lot of this stuff. I did too. And and uh, it's not – you know, no one – no offense revolves around contested catches or running the ball up the gut anymore. It's all about – it's all about space, getting to the edge – you know, running good routes out of the slot. Like just like what teams are prioritizing is different. And another thing is it's like illegal to declete guys now. Like if right. you, if you, if you like really hit someone, you're probably going to get a penalty. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I do think just like that the spread game, um, I think totally. that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Uh, even Bijan, by the way, was smaller than I thought. Was smaller I thought he and was smaller and slower. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel at all different about him? I mean, to me, he still pops as like the clear 101, but uh, not the incredible athlete, you know, that maybe we were hoping. I could hear an argument that he's not in the giga tier of like Ezekiel Elliott, um, Saquon Barkley level of prospects. He's like the next tier below that. I would, I would listen to that argument. But I think the, the important thing is like no one in the NFL cares. It's all like everyone is is like oh yeah Bijan he's the next great running back and that's like the really important part right where where did you land on Johnston uh after the combine he's he's my top wide receiver okay for sure I so this is like a little goofy and maybe but like Blair Andrews did some stuff on hand size showing that it matters and his hands aren't that big and it's like he's supposed to be DeAndre Hopkins yeah he is yeah who has like massive hands like the biggest hands in the nfl yeah yeah and like that seems important given that the way deandre hopkins you know goes up and gets the ball over dudes and actually succeeds as one of these contested catch guys uh whereas like we know that some of the biggest misses that we've had Nikhil harry laquan treadwell like they're these bigger contested catch dudes um this is an argument against burks a little bit that he might be one of those guys last year although i think he's proven he can get some separation um but it does it does concern me a little bit with Johnson if he's supposed to be the like go up and get the ball dude that might not translate as well given that he does not have the DeAndre Hopkins massive hands does that concern you in the slightest I mean I don't like that doesn't add to my level of thinking there's like a 70% chance Johnson just stone bus and is John Baldwin or whatever and like a 30% chance that he is in the we're taking him in the top 20 of best ball drafts for the next six years like i just i i think it's like either he's good enough to create separation yeah. and beat nfl yeah. corners or he's not because he yeah he's, i like him i mean he's my wide receiver too so i'm not like freaking out but i guess i thought it was maybe he's like, the only the guy JSN was he's the only guy in the class who has the potential to be like an alpha right jsn is never jsn's like best case is like a monroe st brown right Maybe, although I guess kind of going back to the earlier thing, like when dudes are incredible, they become the archetype. So if you think about like the very top guys, like 
and I think JSN, his profile's good enough where I'm like, he could be a superstar. You know, like he still are you pops telling, for me. Are you telling me to open my third eye? My my I need to I need to red pill myself on my view for ranges of outcomes for wide receivers. <laughs> well, I'm saying like like what was Justin Jefferson's ceiling coming in? He's a slot receiver. He played, but he was basically like the second fiddle to another receiver on his own team. Like, what's his realistic ceiling? He, but he, he's he a, was very a very strong prospect. Yeah, he was a hard guy a to evaluate. Yeah, but like the, but like you know, obviously he, he is now changed. Now we're going to be like, oh my god, could he be Justin Jefferson? Like he becomes the guy that we compare dudes to. Like, do you look like this guy? You know, so like Jamar or Jamar Chase, maybe he's easier because. We all felt really good about Jamar Chase, but like what exact, who exactly was he supposed to be? Cause he's like, what, only around like a little over 200. He's not that tall. You know, he's a kind of a deep threat, but kind of a yards after catch guy. Like not the bet, like he has some drops issues sometimes. Like he, he's not like a truly complete receiver, like in some senses, but he's like incredible at what he does. Like so, so good at what he does. So like, what's, you know, like, who is he supposed to be? But then he comes in and he's just like, you know, arguably the best receiver in the league already. So I guess what I'm saying is like, if the guy's incredible at what he does, then his ceiling isn't Amara St. Brown. I think his ceiling is to be better than Amara St. Brown. I mean, it, it like when you say ceiling, what you mean is like, they're like 85th percentile ceiling, right? Like it's impossible to be like, yeah, Justin Jefferson's going to come in the league and be like an MVP candidate. That's like, I, I'm not going to say that about anybody, really. No, I'm not going to say that about anybody. But I think we apply the what's his ceiling really argument inconsistently. We don't apply it to CeeDee Lamb because he's like very exciting to watch. You know, we apply it to, you know, Garrett Wilson because it's like, well, he's a little undersized and, you know, he's like, he's how's he going to, how's he going to become a superstar? And it's like, well, because he is a superstar. That's how. The other thing, I mean, we were also like two hours into the show and we have not mentioned the fact that JSN caught five passes his final season. You know, like we, he's not really played organized football for a while. And I have no idea how that impedes his development at all. Like probably it doesn't, but. Well, that's one reason that I've, I'm like getting very bullish on him in, in a way is that like, he still pops in all my stuff is like, this is the best receiver well, he, in this class. He's fucking broke out as an 18 year old. I know, but like it, he's getting penalized for like not having any production from his you, junior year. Do you care at all that his games happened with the removal of Alave and Wilson? It didn't happen with both of them in. Does that matter? How much, how much of his production came with both out? I like all of it, all the, all the good production. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it. So here, let's actually, this is actually a good exercise. So his first, uh, okay. Well, okay, not all of it, not all of it. So um, week two of the year that he broke out, um, he had seven for 145 and two. Wilson had eight for 117 and one. Alave had 12 for 126. I mean, just imagine throwing to these three fucking guys. That's crazy. Then his next 100-yard game came against Maryland. And he had more yards than Wilson, but Wilson and Alave both scored twice in that game. And then when it really started was on November 6th against Nebraska. I believe that was the game that Garrett Wilson. Yeah. So that was when it started is Garrett Wilson gets hurt 
and basically alternating from there until the end of the year, one of Wilson or Alave or both doesn't play, culminating in one of the most fucking outrageous college football games I've ever seen in my life against Utah in the uh, a 48-45 win in the college football playoff. Smith and Jigba goes 15 for 347 and three against basically the number one defense in college football. So that doesn't bother me. The whole rest of the team could have been out. They could have like you and I could have been lining. I could have been in the X. You could have been in the Z and I don't care. Like, you know, I just, I've seen, I've just seen this point made that like, Oh, you know, he didn't actually outproduce Wilson and Olave because Wilson and Olave got hurt. And and it's like, I, well, I kind of buy it and I kind of don't. But also, like that—that's not the bar. Whether like he shouldn't—he shouldn't even be close. He was a sophomore. Um, Olave's a senior. Wilson's a junior. They, he shouldn't have been close. So the fact that he's—I mean, at he all had, in the mix with those guys is still very impressive. He had six hundred yards more than both of them, and they both went to be first-round picks. Yeah, on a per-game basis, like in terms of market share and stuff, they—I think they were higher than him, but. Um, and t- you know, to your point, some of it came while they were out, but to have what he had as a sophomore, I think is still pretty awesome. And then like, I guess it comes down to like, okay, does he show up? He obviously didn't run the 40. That's going to be the final piece of the puzzle. Like, can he run like a four five five forty? which to me is fine. Like, I don't, that doesn't bother me at all, but he shows up. It seems like he really impressed evaluators in the drills and stuff. And then he absolutely crushes the three cone in the short shuttle, which that kind of goes to the thing I was talking about with Johnston. It's like, well, how does what, how does the piece of information get uh, that we're getting, like go to, to our priors on, on how we think this guy's going to win. And it's like, dude, he's, he's going to be winning on short routes, you know, smooth route running, breaking stuff over the middle. Like if he's the, absolutely elite in the agility drills that makes me feel much stronger about that thesis that seems i think that seems like a reasonable opinion i mean probably he can dispel all of this if he just runs a four five five at the ohio state pro day yeah yeah run a four five five and keep looking smooth and get a first round get get drafted in the first round he does look real smooth he really does look real smooth yeah I mean, I'm no, I'm no fucking hand in the dirt scout, but he does look crazy smooth. Dude, who's crazy smooth? He to have to hit his true ceiling, he'll need to get go somewhere with a quarterback. Um, but you know, he gets he gets solid quarterback play, like even Kirk Cousins level quarterback play. I'd probably do it if he's a star. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I guess like I don't want to be in the business of like setting ceilings on guys that were like very impressively productive as true sophomores at Ohio state and then get drafted in the first round. That's not, I don't want to be in that business. It seems like, it seems like a good way to lose money these days. I, th- I think you're right. I think the, the, cause I've seen like no, no, like film bros, only fantasy bros are like fudding Smith and Jigba at all. Um, yeah. So that's, I don't think I want to be there. I don't think I want to be on the fudding Smith and Jigba side. I think I want to be no, pro. I don't want to be on Jigba. that side. And the market is not going to let us have them cheap the market was no 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 very bullish on him before the combine in a way that i thought was was a little bit out of whack with with the the draft capital um you know it's like johnson you can get a a, like three rounds later and might get drafted ahead of him and i was like this seems easy this is too easy i'm gonna take johnson 
but I was still mixing in JSN because I liked him and I didn't want to not have exposure. I think maybe he moves up a little bit from here and I, I'm going to be drafting him. I think, I think just not having exposure to this guy, it's going to feel uncomfortable because he's going to go way higher than we're used to taking these rookies. But I think he's still going to be priced like pretty good relative to his range of outcomes. I think that's probably fair. And I mean, again, like he also is in the range of a guy that the chiefs might want. The bills might want, you know, um, that's probably maybe the Chargers. Maybe the Chargers. JSN crazy. to the Chiefs. See the 101. No, but he's probably <laughs> the 10. He's probably the 103, right? It's he's probably, probably B, yeah. It's Bijan, Bryce, JSN. What about Richardson? The market is not going to be as in on Richardson as we are because he's going to probably, I think the base expectation is that he's not going to play a ton as a rookie. Right. I think he will. We haven't we haven't talked will. about that either yet, but the Chiefs and the Bills are very likely to nuke ADP each on a guy, right? The the both of those teams are going to acquire a wide receiver in the top sixty picks of the draft, probably. Jalen Hyatt to the Bills is going to be. Isn't isn't yeah. Jalen Hyatt just Gabe Davis though? Yeah, that they need to replace him. <laughs> they need, well, they need well, a new what, Gabe Davis. What what that would actually do is that would allow. Digs to play in the slot is you play you yeah. play Hyatt and Gabe Davis out yeah yeah that works yeah. yeah uh boom there we go I mean we got we, we could we could literally talk about this shit all day where 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 does uh where does DeAndre Hopkins go I mean because people I've seen some takes of like how on earth are you gonna trade for this dude and I kind of get that like. He is he is getting up there. We thought maybe he was done a year ago. Um, and you're gonna have to give him a contract. And if he turns out to be Allen Robinson, the, the Rams just begging today, please, please trade for Allen Robinson. We'll give you we'll pay part of the deal. I actually wonder if they might trade away uh pick to get him off their books. But I mean, we um, we know they hate picks, so yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So I don't know. I mean, I guess it's tough because I don't know who's gonna actually be willing to like give up draft capital to pay DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, I think someone will. I think he's going to get traded. He's not playing in Arizona. Do you have any yeah. read on where he goes? I really not don't. the Chiefs. That's the one. That's the one that's out there. Not the Chiefs for sure. For sure, not the Kansas City Chiefs. They are uh, not paying. What does Hopkins make? Like twenty-two million or something? They're not doing that when they could have just paid that to Tyreek Hill instead. Um, I think the Ravens are a location for all wide receivers who are available because they have no wide receivers. They hired this new offensive coordinator who is not going to want to give Devin DuVernay and Demarcus Robinson 20 targets a game, but they're going to want to throw. Um, the giants are, are so needy for a wide receiver. And if they pay, they pay <sighs> Daniel Jones, $40 million and they have him throwing to Isaiah Hodgins. How do they think that's going to work? But you don't have any money left. You're gonna go pay DeAndre Hopkins the tail end of his career, and then worry like because the the issue is that works fine if he's DeAndre Hopkins from last year. But if it turns out you can't have two Kenny Galladay's, if DeAndre Hopkins completely oh. falls off. <laughs> well, I think they're gonna cut Galladay, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you can't just you can't. You still did it back to back years. You can't do it. I don't know that that would. I, I don't I don't think I would pay Daniel Jones if I were them, but. Well, it's too late. It's happening. God. 
the Patriots. What are the Titans doing, by the way? They're they're uh, gonna they're, they're be... shipping they're shipping everybody out. What if everybody the Titans? Out? What if the Titans trade up for Anthony Richardson? Get get good Malik Willis. It kind of makes sense. It would actually make sense that Malik Willis because yeah. because you know that Brable doesn't want to turn into like he doesn't want to throw the ball fifty times a game. He likes the way the he likes the way the Titans have played the last couple of years. And right. he probably likes the idea of being like a power running team with Anthony Richardson. Yeah. He probably, yeah. But it doesn't work with Willis because he can't do anything else. Now, we, there's been talk, like Fantasy Douche wrote an article about, you know, how you just, you get like a platoon of running quarterbacks. The knock on Richardson is that he doesn't throw well to the outside part of the field, he doesn't throw well outside the numbers where Malik Willis can't throw over the middle of the fields. <laughs> so what if you bring in Richardson for all you of the routes? Them. <laughs> yeah, you, you just, I mean, important, the unfortunate part of this, the defense will know exactly where you're throwing on every play. But when you need a deep throw to the sidelines, you bring in Malik Willis. Good work. I, Good work. I am not selling all my Malik Willis stock right now. I might go buy like a Malik Willis DraftKings Genesis Rainmaker or something. I just, <laughs> yeah, that's a good investment. He's yeah, I don't see how that goes bad. I just feel like yeah, he's obviously like shit at throwing right now, but like plenty of guys have been shit at throwing who couldn't run like he had. You know, like Ryan Mallett yeah. hung around the NFL forever. You know, it's like and he's still super young, right? He's he's still 22, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know if he's that young because he he was an old college player, but Maybe I agree I'm with wrong. you that he'll stick around for a while. I mean, like Deshaun Kaiser is in the league, you know. Is he? Is Deshaun Kaiser still in the league? Pretty sure he's a backup somewhere. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser is not in the league. Anymore, <laughs> oh God damn it! But he was. <laughs> Deshaun for a, Kaiser's in the league. No, he's not. He was. He was for a long. <laughs> he was. He was a backup. Okay, no, no, you gotta eat this one. <laughs> I did he the Davis a, thing where I was like, please don't look that up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's definitely the league. You don't you don't have to look it up because he is. It, most <laughs> most recent update on his Wikipedia page, he's the founder of One of None, an online marketplace that uses uh, NFTs to authenticate products. No, no. <laughs> and he was in the league in 2021 and then he dropped out to become an NFT, bro. To become an NFT, bro. If if it wasn't for the rise of NFTs, the John okay, Kaiser would okay. still be in the league. Honestly, the fact that Josh Dobbs last started a game in 2016 for the Tennessee volunteers and then started what was effectively a playoff game for the Tennessee Titans in 2022. Good argument to not sell every last share of Malik Willis. It might come back around. That's a good argument. The fact that Dobbs started over Malik Willis uh, is better. <laughs> that's an argument to sell. It is one of the most damning indictments of a lack of trust in a player i can remember in any sport in my entire life to literally bring a guy off the street who has not started a game since barack obama was president <laughs> to... midterms since barack obama's midterms <laughs> and they just said you know what we got a better chance to win with this guy than oh. we do with Malik Willis, who we just spent a top 100 pick on in the NFL draft. Oh, God. What do you think the quarterback room was like that week with, with Ryan Tannehill, who famously said, it's not my job to mentor Malik Willis. 
Josh Jobs and Malik Willis all going over the game plan together. Not a lot of chit chat. That wasn't much, much much banter in that room, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) All this is to say Trey Lance is going to start 17 games for the San Francisco 49ers next year because they don't have a choice. (laughs) Brock Purdy still has not had surgery on his elbow. I it's it's now becoming it's got to be a bit. It's it's got to be a bit at this point. I just I I looked this up again. He he got a surgery pushed back again. It was supposed to be Wednesday. It got pushed back again. To when? I don't I know. Thought it, I thought they had it scheduled. It's scheduled and it got pushed back because he's still he's still too swollen. God. 185 yeah. days. 185 days till the season starts. He hasn't had surgery yet. All right. Looks like uh needs to draft some Trey Lance. <laughs> It's, need to be uh, drafting some great. Trey Lance and some Jordan Love. I feel good about how I played. I drafted all the Anthony Richardson when he was in the 16th, 17th round. And now I'll draft Trey Lance. There you go. I mean, what is uh, what is Trey Lance? What is Trey Lance going in these underdogs right now? He was going in the ninth round, which is why I was out. Uh he's gonna be going know. high. He's gonna like he's once gonna the higher. once the market realize dude, imagine Trey Lance has got to have. Trey Lance has got to have the lowest cumulative ADP per games played of any player in NFL history, right? Yeah. Per games played, per potential games played. Yes. Like percentage right. of possible games played. So he's been he's, he, he's been eligible for 34, yeah, 34 potential games. He's played yep. in four. Three and a half. Three and a half. He got hurt. Yeah. So um that's uh, it's three point five divided by thirty four. <laughs> so that's ten percent. Ten percent of available in... games with an average draft position of like seventy. <laughs> but here's the thing, he's he's he he weighs a lot, so we can count on him to be out there. Unlike Bryce Young. Did you did you see the clip going around of Jerry Seinfeld explaining that when you ask someone about their relationship and they put their hand on their face, it's bad, and then the higher oh. up on your head. It goes the worse it is, and someone asks John Lynch about Trey Lance, and he puts his hand literally on top of his head and goes, "Yeah, you know Trey, he's a warrior." What's the thing? There's a surrender cobra. Is that the? That's what that's called. He put both hands. That's what he did. He just immediately surrender cobered. I mean, it's just got to be. Uh, it's got to be bad good. inside that it's, building. We really believe in him. We don't regret taking him in the three at all. It was crazy, even at the time, and I was like you know, into Trey Lance from fantasy perspective uh, all the way. Cause I'm like, look at this draft capital. They can't, they have to play him. But uh, it, like, it was so weird that they traded up to three and then they were like, and now our evaluation process begins. Like, yeah. I mean, he, I clearly what happened is they got bullied. They wanted Mac Jones and they got bullied. Why trade up to three so early? Mac Jones wasn't going to go three. They wanted to control As, the board. They As evidenced by the, the well, they sure did. They sure <laughs> controlled that board. Congratulations. It cost you a ton of draft capital for the right to control the board. You could have sat and taken Jones where you were in the first place. He would have been there. Yeah. I mean, that's like people really, some people really liked Mac Jones. So they probably just misread the room on that. They probably didn't think that was possible. I guess, but it was kind of a quarterback class like this where like, isn't you know, isn't Mac Jones just Brock Purdy basically though? Yeah, I guess. 
I mean, I think you'd rather have Mac Jones. I, I think Mac Jones in the Shanahan system would have been. Would you rather have pretty deadly? Mac Jones. Would you rather have Brock Purdy or Bailey Zappi? Brock Purdy. I don't know. I might. I might be. I might be a Zappi Maxi. Wow. So you think Zappi uh, takes them to the Super Bowl? That's what you're saying. I think there's a non-zero chance. I think there's a non-zero chance that a healthy Mac Jones is holding the clipboard for Bailey Zappi in week one of this season. I think there's a chance they trade him. I got to, I got to run. I got to, okay. All right, everyone. Thank you to Pat Corain. We'll be back later. It's time to take your career to the next level with over 150 graduate degree programs. The Catholic university of America located in Washington, DC provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic university has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash grad admissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.